If you want more from Dee and her sister and partner in crime, Rhonda, check out Switchblade Sisters Social Club, a true crime podcast where two sisters exploit their worst fears for your entertainment. You're welcome. You're listening to We Knew the Moon with Dee Safier, an empath who started a podcast to explore the universe, spirituality, and all things with you woo-woo. Don't forget to check out the website, weknewthemoon.co.uk for all your I do what I want and the moon made me do it merch, whichever excuse you prefer to use for all of your life choices. Hi, my name is Dee and this is We Knew the Moon. Now, some of you might remember at the end of season two that we had a very sad announcement that Tracy had to take a bit of a step back from We Knew the Moon to focus on her shop. She will, of course, be guest spotting on the podcast regularly because I will never let her go. And the new format is that I'm going to bring on a bunch of special guests and we're going to cover a bunch of different topics to do with the spiritual world and all things witchy woo woo. Each guest is going to join me for two episodes, one episode where I present a topic to them and the second episode where they present a topic to me. So we are going to have just such a fun, diverse array of topics and I'm really excited about it. So today I've got Michelle Fashwood from Soul Spirit here. Hi, Michelle. Um, Hi, Dee. I'm going to put all your details in the show notes so they can find you online and on Facebook and stuff. Some of yeah. you that have listened to my previous podcast under the beauty of our dreams, which was a podcast series for empath entrepreneurs, might remember Michelle because she came on and did an episode about movement as a form of self-care. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Michelle, you talked me through doing the bubble exercise, which I still I regularly do. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, because it's, it's so much really fun. It's a really good one, that one. So check it out on that podcast episode. So what are you up to, Michelle? What are you up to these days? Tell me about Soul Spirit. Oh, well, quite exciting, really. I've been doing Dancing in the Woods events which happen on a Thursday morning and I've incorporated a lot of movement and I guess the best way to describe it would be mindful process of attuning with nature visually and to do with movement. So it's using movement, visualisation and we play some really great tracks that, that help you attune to the surroundings and we found a really beautiful spot and it's really calming and people have really been enjoying it I think we've really needed it after this past year so if you're in the Twickenham-ish kind of area I will put links to that in the show notes so that you can check it out and hopefully join us because I'm going to be coming along soon really excited about it because I've been to some of your movement classes before so before I went to them, the only experience I had with this kind of class was from watching Peep Show, where there's an episode where Jez is sort of dating the American, but she drags them along to a class like that, where they have to dance the color yellow and stuff, um, which is almost exactly what your classes were like, it, but it actually is. doing yeah. it. I've never seen Peep Show, so. <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's it's so funny because it just, on the one hand, seems really out there and out of our comfort zone and on the other hand you could see how it would be so liberating and that's exactly what it was when I joined your classes it just felt really nice to just move the body and just losing yourself and just losing your inhibitions and not worrying at the beginning I was a little bit nervous like am I gonna feel silly and 
And within five minutes, you don't care about that at all, huh? You're just like, this is awesome. Exactly. Yeah. That the minute through all these movements that you feel lighter and more stretched out and, and less restricted in the body, you then also by default feel that in the mind, don't you? Which is that's absolutely correct. Yeah. So liberating. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So is. So what I would tell everyone is get over yourself and have a go. If you need to get a bit <laughs> drunk to do it, then so be it. <laughs> so um, so today I'm going to start by presenting a topic to you, Michelle, and I'm super excited okay. about it. The topics that we're going to cover in this season, it doesn't necessarily mean that we are followers of that thing or that we believe in them. It's just going into a bit of research and, and different people's beliefs and theories on these different topics. We might chip in with what we actually, where we stand on these different things. Basically, my topic is Satanism and the occult. I'm not a Satanist, right. is what I'm trying to say. Excellent. Okay. But I find it so fucking fascinating, the whole idea of Satanism from all the different angles. A quick heads up, my sources, Wikipedia, the History Channel had an amazing article called The History of the Devil and a lot of Encyclopedia Britannica. <laughs> so Satanism. I started my research by asking the question, who is Satan? <laughs> so I started off with that. Satan or the idea of Satan or some kind of satanic individual or being appears yeah. in most religions, doesn't it, Michelle? Yeah. Yes. Like, yes, it does. Yeah. Obviously Christianity, but also Judaism. Um, and in Islam, they call him Shaitan. And then even in Buddhism and Hinduism, you have different gods that are kind of represent the evil side, the dark side that try to corrupt the good in people. So that character, that archetype appears quite regularly in different folklore, religions, spiritual beliefs. Sometimes Satan is thought of as originally being Lucifer, who was an angel, one of the most trusted angels by God. That's right. Who, yeah. who then challenged gods. Many people believe that he challenged gods over the creation of Adam. So basically making him the first of the haters that he got a little bit jealous about God's new creation of humans. And he rebelled against God and became a fallen angel. But because he was held in such high regard, God decided to give him the land of the fallen angels and the fallen souls, i.e. hell. Yeah. So then I went into what Satan looks like. Um, what, how is he described physically in the oh, Bible? Yeah. yeah. Um, because, you know, we all have an idea when we think of Satan, don't we? We think of horns yeah. and a tail and, yeah. um, and, and the little goat feet. Exactly. Yeah. Goat yeah. Feet. <laughs> That's what I meant. Yes. Thanks, Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, sometimes a pitchfork. Uh-huh. So I wondered where this image of Satan, this sort of almost uniform image of Satan came from. And actually, it doesn't seem to be from the Bible. It seems to be that we created this after the Bible was written. Yeah. Yeah. He was described at one point in the Bible, in the book of Revelation, as a red dragon with seven heads, ten horns, and seven crowns. Oh, wow. And that was when he was thrown out of heaven. But obviously, that's not really how we think of him when we think of Satan. We don't think of a dragon and whatever. But that does start to be where we got some of the imagery. The fire element, you know, we think of fire. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Horns. They said that's apparently from the dragons. I don't know if dragons have horns. Maybe they do. Who knows? So we don't think of seven heads and crowns and stuff like that. But then what happens 
like with so many other things in Christianity, is that they started morphing it with pagan beliefs and other beliefs and local ideology and stuff to try to help with conversions so that it would be easier for people to get their head around it and move over from being a pagan or being something yeah. else to being yeah. a Christian. The horns and the goat hooves and the pitchfork, they think, came from pagan gods such as Pan. Oh, yes, yes, that's, yeah. Right? Yeah, definitely, yeah. And the pitchfork, they believe, comes from Poseidon. So you can see how they're kind of trying to create this amalgamation of these different descriptions of Satan in the Bible. Well, there's only really the one. And there's also the belief that Satan was actually the serpent in the Garden of Eden that, you know, convinced Adam and Eve to take this bite from the apple. But those are the only two sort of descriptions. And they're not really how we imagine Satan today. Also, following on from that, I think this is probably where a lot of people, when they hear the word pagan, they instantly think of Satanism, the devil. There's definitely a lot of confusion. When I was trying to do the research, like I said, I'm covering Satanism and a bit of the occult. But the amount of times that people interchangeably use Satanism, paganism, witchcraft, the occult, magic, You know, yeah. all these things they just viewed as one and interchangeable, which we know are, are clearly not. There might be some overlap with some things. I think there's a lot of confusion. The minute you say you're interested in crystals, people run mm-hmm. to the thought that you must be a Satanist or. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah. <laughs> they needed basically Satan to be the sort of personification of evil. Yeah. Whatever you call Satan, however he manifests itself in different religions. He is not just evil, but trying to tempt good people to do evil things or become evil also. And I think it very much comes to, um, I remember when I was studying psychology, there was a lot of studies about the us versus them thing. Uh And, you know, to keep a group close, you need to have a common enemy. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So I think it was very much an idea of like, let's keep everyone in line in these religions, Christianity and so forth. By having this common enemy, which is Satan in all of his forms and in all of his temptations and influences. It's some clever shit, isn't it? (laughs) Oh, I I agree. Back in the beginning, where people were more swayed by things that they termed to be evil. And people back then didn't have the wherewithal to go, oh, hang on a minute, let me research that. Or the resources. I mean, we're talking at a time where a large part of the population are not literate. There aren't many books anyways. And there's no internet to Google. I know. (laughs) And, And they did run a lot on superstition. So you can see where the roots of it started good versus evil. It's the story as old as the dawn of time, isn't it? Everyone loves a good good versus evil story. Now, Satan has a bunch of different names that he goes by, like I said, in the different religions or the different stories. I'm going to list some of them. The Prince of Darkness. I like that one. <laughs> uh, Beelzebub, as yeah. for Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay, I need a moment to say this one. Mephistopheles. Mephistopheles? I say with confidence. <laughs> Lord of the Fly, the uh-huh. Antichrist. This uh-huh. one I never heard of before. Father of Lies. Oh, wow. No <laughs> one's like heard of that. I'm not sure if I'm saying this right. Moloch or most commonly Satan. You know, they're kind of interchangeable. You might hear the different names pop up. 
they're all Satan or this manifestation of evil that's trying to tempt the good. In Judaism, Satan is actually a verb and generally refers to a difficulty or temptation to overcome instead of a literal being. I don't know how you would use that in a sentence, but that's quite interesting. You know, we're mainly talking about the Abrahamic faith, the Judaism, Christianity and Islam. That's what we're most used to popping up in. But also, for example, in Buddhism, you have Mara, who is a demon that tempted Buddha away from his path of enlightenment. So, you know, these evil beings tempting the good, because the good has to have some kind of conflict to overcome. So it's not surprising then that it pops up quite a lot of different folklore. Christians also believe that individuals could make a pact with Satan. So you have that in a couple of stories that have come up, like Faust sold his soul to the devil for all the power and the information. I don't remember how that story turned out, but I don't think it ended well. I think (laughs) the lesson was don't sell your soul to the devil, but I don't remember. I must reread. But it's interesting because up until fairly modern day time, people didn't refer to themselves as Satanists. It was an insult. It was a slur by Christians, but there weren't people that were claiming to be Satanists themselves. That came along very recently. That was interesting, the shift between it being an insult to something actually people self-identify as. (laughs) I'm going to share this in the show notes, but I started looking into, because I was looking at Faust and Satan in literature, I started having a little look at at, sorry, I'm trying not to laugh. Satan in artwork, satanic artwork, oh, yeah. or yes, Satan yeah. represented in artwork. Yeah. And I'm going to share my screen so you can see this. It's called the Obscene Kiss. <laughs> Just bear with me a second. Oh. <laughs> see what's going on there? It's an illustration of witches kissing the devil's anus. So apparently, oh. this is what. Christians in this yeah. case in 1608. This is from 1608. This is what they think witches do. <laughs> yeah, it's not what I would kind of like to do as a Friday night. So no. So if you, <laughs> if you see that as your option, do you want to come to church or do you want to lick Satan's asshole? Yeah, you should exactly. see why people were like, yeah, actually, I'll go to yeah, church with can- my friends. I will put a link to that in the show notes and post it on our social media. I also found some interesting stuff about, you know, the goat. Again, we we talked about how the goat became associated with Satan because of the link to Pan, but also the pentagram, which we know represents the five elements. Five elements. Or earth, air, fire, water, and the fifth one being the spirit. But I was wondering when that first kind of started being associated with Satanism. It first appeared in a book by Stanislas de Guetta. The book was called Le Clef de la Magie Noire, which means the key to black magic in 1897. Wow. And the goat pentagram would later commonly be known as the sabbatic goat. Oh. My next question, once I was reading about Satan, was, so what is Satanism? Like I said, I want to make a very clear distinction between people that mainly Christians call Satanism People that Christians call Satanic or Satanist and people that call themselves Satanist. There's a big difference. As of mainly the 1960s, in particular with the establishment of the Church of Satan, that was the first time really that people described themselves as Satanists. 
But Satanism is also not, like with Christianity, like with Judaism, like with Islam, it's not just one set of beliefs and everyone follows the same set of beliefs. There's like different branches within it, yes. which I thought was really interesting because there's actually atheist Satanists and theistic Satanists. So basically, there's people who are Satanists who don't believe in religion. So Antichrist, Antichrist. <laughs> yeah. So I'll explain <laughs> the difference because I was like, what? <laughs> basically, Satanism, you have to think of it as a group of ideas. It's not one yeah. sole path that everyone follows. Like how you have in Christianity, you've got the Catholics and the Anglicans and whatever, and they all have slightly different beliefs or sometimes very different beliefs around yes. the same ideas. This is what I'm really interested in, the people that call themselves Satanists. And it kind of started, although I said the 1960s, it's kind of started a bit earlier in the 18th century, for example, with Sir Francis Dashwood, your oh. namesake, and the Hellfire Club. I'm going to have to get you back on for another episode <laughs> about the Hellfire Club because it's something I only learned about recently. And the first thing I did was text Michelle, whose surname is Dashwood. Is this your relative? Tell me more. But it was a sort of club of elite members of society who were a little bit hedonistic and not really, you know, prim and proper and wanted to have fun and be indulgent and, you know, have sex parties, basically. There were a lot of politicians of yeah. the time that were... Exactly. The elite yeah. it was not yeah. just... In, underground movement it was very high up theistic satanists actually believe satan exists and they worship satan right i know that sounds a bit strange because you think how can there be any kind of satanist that doesn't believe in satan but that's because the atheist satanists the atheistic satanists don't believe in god and satan and heaven and hell but they call themselves satanists because they like the idea of yeah. what Satan represents, which is not having inhibitions, living the best life, you know, indulging yourself and not holding back. Basically, they believe that he represents certain aspects of human nature that in particular modern day society, Christianity, repress and yeah. hide away. They believe in this respect for human nature, yeah. which involves fucking and drinking and having fun and justice. Justice in the sense of if someone pisses you off, if someone does yeah. you wrong, you take care yeah. of business. In the 60s, it was a very up in the air time. You had like in the States where most of this Church of Satan stuff happens in the States. You had, you know, the Vietnam War. You had all of these things that people were rebelling against, whether it was with the hippie movement, whether through drugs or through this movement of Satanism. And people have always been fascinated with the dark side of human nature anyway. Oh so that's oh not new, is it? And I personally believe that you are much healthier and happier when you acknowledge your dark side, hence yeah. my love of shadow work. But what happened is as Satanism or the occult or all of these things actually started gaining a bit more momentum and becoming more seen in popular culture, in music, rock music was coming out, which everyone thought was from the devil. You remember all these rumors about if you play Black Sabbath backwards? Uh, Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like all this weird yeah. shit, right? Uh -huh. So I don't know whether we had it as much here in Europe, but definitely in the States, you had what is known as Satanic Panic. Do you remember that, Michelle? Where I, do, I do. Yes, I the do. The 80s, yeah. well into the 90s, where people literally thought if you listen to rock music, you're a Satanist and you're going to kill That's your it. children. Yes, right? Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah. People were obsessed 
obsessed with the idea that there were these satanic cults that were stealing their kids and doing rituals with them and sacrificing them to Satan. Yeah, yeah. I did a bit of research into that. And actually, this is really sad, but it was a time where people became more aware of things like pedophilia. Resources started getting a little bit more coordinated. We started having things like the Internet, which made the police force a bit more efficient. So there was a lady who did a study on these supposed satanic groups that were killing all these babies and children. Sadly, she found that a lot of these groups did exist and there were a lot of cases of pedophilia, of child murders, homicides. But there was never a link between those cases and Satanism or ritual practice or black magic or any of that. In a lot of cases, these horrible things happening more people hearing about them because of the media becoming more accessible and so forth, and having to try to explain them in their minds right back to when Satan was created. and They just needed to have some logic why people could be so evil. It must be because they were influenced by Satan, because Uh humans can't just be that evil on their own, which Mm. sadly they can, huh, Michelle? (laughs) Sadly they can. I started looking at some of the bands that you had at the time in the 80s, the 90s, and so forth that started freaking everyone out so much. <laughs> we had in the 60s and the 70s, Black Widow. I have to admit, I didn't know anything about Black Widow until yeah. I went to go see a band called Propagandi, probably in the early 2000s. And Black Widow was the support band. Oh, and wow. he came on with a little flute, kind of doing a pan impression. And I was like, who is this old man? I need to find out everything about him. He's amazing. <laughs> and I messaged him afterwards on Facebook and was like, I'm a little bit in love with you. <laughs> he looked like he was 100 years old on stage. <laughs> but it was a platonic love. Um, and he messaged me back saying he thought he was a bit in love with me, too. And I just thought, oh, um, <laughs> so, so researching this, I was like, oh, I didn't realize he was one of the early satanic panic instigators. <laughs> um, he was just a sweet old man with a little pan pipe. You know? <laughs> There's a band called Coven. Did you ever hear about Coven? Maybe it's American. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't think I heard of them. Uh, Black Sabbath, obviously big one that got a lot of attention for instigating all these teens to become Satanists and go over to the dark side. What I thought was quite funny and what I did not know was that apparently they all identify as Christians. Oh, that's interesting. I I would never have said that. But, you know, I think there are there are. Christians that are pagan as well. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I think that's quite a nice mix because. Well, they're clearly open minded. They're not like, well, yeah. you know, Bible bashing, sin, yeah. sin, sin Christians. But this is a quote from apparently 2014, Ozzy Osbourne. I'm a Christian. I was christened as a Christian. I used to go to Sunday school. Now, for me, those all don't link together because I was christened as a Christian. There's a lot of people just kind of were, weren't you? Like our parents going, "Mm, well, we better play it safe. Like, who fucking knows? (laughs) Well, it's Um, what you did. Yeah. (laughs) You know, my my mom, who's like the biggest atheist, went to to nun school, you know? (laughs) like Not a school to become a nun, but where the teachers are nuns. So it's like, mm, yeah. So they're obviously loosely Christian or or more sort of liberal Christians, clearly. Like with a lot of things, religions need to kind of move with the times. And yeah. some of them just don't and haven't and have stayed, you know, quite scathing of other religions. And yet 
there are sections of Christians that have moved with the time. Mm -hmm. They just believe in the good things of Christianity, but they also believe in, say, paganism or witchcraft, and they see it. Christianity is like a sequel to paganism. That's right. Yeah. Listen, we are not religious. We said that already. I don't have a problem with religious people either. I have many friends. Obviously, I come from Palestine where everyone is religious, you know. The religious people that we have issue with, I think I speak for both of us on this, are the ones that are judgmental of others because Of of their actions or because they're not of the same religion as them. Mainly that, right? The ones that are judgy. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Especially when the religion teaches you not to throw stones and you think, and yet you're throwing the biggest ones. Yeah. So then in the 60s and the 70s, with the sort of boom of rock music and all of this, it became a lot more common to have imagery of paganism, Satanism, witchcraft, the occult. It became more common to have these, you know, yes, showing off album covers and jewelry and so forth. In the 80s, we had even more bands coming along, Slayer, Sodom, Morbid Angel, Deicide, Entombed, all of them very, very openly into the sort of dark sides. And then oh, yeah. the 90s, I can't even begin to list how many of them there were. There were so many. There was the boom of black metal in Norway, which obviously, well, for some of you might remember, it had it gained a lot of notoriety because I was shocked when I read the figures. I knew this was going on. I was a teenager at the time. But they openly declared themselves Satanists, a lot of Uh, them. But the Satanists that believed in Satan, you know, not just that they believed in freedom of choice and and freedom Uh of of activities and whatever. But they actually believed in in Satan and they worshipped Satan himself. Between 1992 and 96, they destroyed approximately 50 churches in Norway using arson, which is... That's yeah. a fuckload, right? So it was a yeah, group yeah. of bands involved in this and high profile bands, maybe mm. high profile because they were linked to this really, because I have listened to a few of the bands and they weren't famous for their music, let's put it like uh-huh. that. Yeah. But then it went further, Varg Vickerness and Euronymous. Varg murdered Euronymous. Oh, God. Yeah. So it was a big yeah. ongoing thing. I remember it getting more and more prominent in like Kerrang! and the other media yeah. I was consuming as a teen, <laughs> that these church fires were being linked to all these bands that had been in this magazine and stuff before. And then all of a sudden, one of them killed another one. And it was just like, what oh. the fuck? That doesn't happen. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. up until that point, all this sort of satanic stuff was just for show more than anything and know, lighthearted. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. like actually burning churches and killing each other. Mm. So that was, that took a turn. And then mm-hmm. also obviously damaged the reputation of all the sort of heavier metal bands and rock bands and anyone that uh-huh. had any kind of, again, blurring the lines between Satanism and the occult and yeah. paganism and witchcraft. All of them were just yeah. Yeah. Lumped, together lumped together and discriminated against, right? <laughs> when it came to about 1994, though, the official American and British reports actually did deny the existence of real satanic ritual crimes. So most of what the satanic panic was based on was non-existent. After that, satanic hysteria kind of died down a little bit. We don't hear about it so much in the same way. I mean, when I say satanic panic, it really was that in the States. I remember we lived there for a little bit. So then I looked into a little bit more. What do Satanists actually believe? 
it started a little bit with the British occultist Alistair Crowley. Although he doesn't describe himself as a Satanist, he kind of was the start of that movement. He was often described as one, and he used a lot of the imagery associated with Satanism. It did make me Google then, what the fuck is an occultist? Because mm-hmm. again, by this point, even I was getting confused. Yes, yes, by, yeah. Yeah. You know, because they were just, like I said, interchanging between occult, black magic, witchcraft, Satanist. So I was getting a, like, what do they mean by occultist, basically? Mm-hmm. The definition was a person who practices occult art, such as magic, astrology, alchemy, seances, etc. And the occult was basically everything that's outside of religion or science. Right. Everything yeah. else falls yeah. under the occult. Neatly pigeonholed, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Nice, tidy little yeah. lump of all the leftovers. Now, mm-hmm. I think that's quite interesting because I think that there's probably quite a lot of movement between all the three branches of science, religion, occult. So I think as we learn more and more about things, they'll move into the scientific realm because we start learning about how things happen. That's not to say it becomes any less magic because I think science, oh, medicine, yeah. the universe, cool. all of these things, I think they're magic. That doesn't make them any more mystical to me, but it just means that we've got a bit better of an explanation of them as our knowledge develops. Oh, I did laugh because I read about Alistair Crowley that he sent anti-Christmas cards to his friends. <laughs> so now that's I know, something I can get on board with. Yeah, yeah, I was like, I know what I'm doing now. <laughs> so he was kind of the front runner, this movement towards a different way of doing things, let's say. Then we come along to Anton LaVey. He is known as the father of Satanism. And he set up the Church of Satan in 1966 and then wrote the Satanic Bible in 1969. No, I had to laugh because as I was reading through, there was a bunch of like, this person was a Satanist because he read the Satanic Bible. I remember being a teen in the 90s, right? So many of my friends and I, we all read the Satanic Bible. It didn't make a Satanist. It's just, it was a really... Interesting. It was interesting, but it was also very talked about at the time. You know, especially if you liked sort of metal music and rock music. How many times have people told you you were a Satanist or thrown some abuse yeah. at you, called you a witch? I mean, right? We ha- we grew up with that, didn't we, Michelle? Yeah. Michelle yeah. is also <laughs> goth inclined. And so I know that she also experienced, oh, smile, love, it might never happen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we read it, right? That didn't make a Satanist. So I just thought that was yeah. so funny. You read something and suddenly you're accused of it. It's like, no, we're just educating ourselves, you fucking morons. <laughs> Sorry. I've- I'll step down for my soapbox. (laughs) The Church of Satan, which became the kind of first formal group of Satanists who self-identified as Satanists rather than being just called Satanists because they were doing things Christians didn't like. His teachings promoted indulgence, kindness to those who deserved it, responsibility to the responsible, an eye for an eye, which is what the fucking Bible preaches. And also disagreed with things like abstinence based on guilt, unconditional love, which makes you think, you know, like, is there any kind of love that's actually unconditional? I know we would like to think that, but equality, herd mentality and scapegoating. Definitely don't agree with herd mentality and and scapegoating. So like you showed me a religion that was like, we're anti-herd mentality. I'd be like, yeah, sign me up. So basically they believe themselves to be individualistic and nonconformist. They kind of feel just like more honest. 
Yes. Yeah. Right? It's just that the name Satanism just carries such a stain. It's yeah. almost like a shame that they picked that yeah. name. But if yeah. they picked anything else, like the Church of Human Nature, hmm. I don't know, you'd kind of be like, right, I see this. Whether I agree with it or not, they're not trying to fight with their human nature. They're just saying, this is what humans are like. Let's just acknowledge that and accept it and work around it. Which I kind of agree to an to an extent, but then on the yeah. other hand, people are shit at Slipknot once said. <laughs> and how do you stop the sh- the really shit ones shitting on others? Exactly. If they're allowed to within their religion. I mean, already you have religious people who are supposed to be charitable and, and good Christians being complete assholes. It's like with communism. I love the idea of communism, everyone working equally hard in whatever thing, everyone getting paid the same amount. And there being this equality and so forth. But in practice, it will never work because humans are shit. Yeah. That's my belief. <laughs> You're yeah. still going to have people that are going to try to find a way to get more money than the other people and take advantage of people and, you know, do less work for the same money and stuff like that. So while you still have people being shit, I don't know how all these idealistic things would ever work in practice. But maybe I just need to research it more. Maybe if I went to the Church of Satan, they would tell me. But basically, they believe that self-indulgence is a desirable trait. Well, I suppose it depends on what the indulgence is. And if it hurts anyone else? I think, again, it's like going back to the dawn of time when Satanism was pigeonholed. We, you know, we've all believed it to be people massacring other people and animals and torturing them um, and just evoking every bad entity that there is um, or personal gain. And that's never okay. So pagans back in the day Mm -hmm. would do sacrificial stuff because they believed it, it would help their crops the following year or that year. I think you hit the nail on the head there that, it was really common for loads of cultures to have this practice of, of sacrificing humans or animals. Yeah. And then yeah. when these religions came along that they're, that no longer practiced that, they mm. had to convince people to drop this habit of a lifetime, which, you know, is mm. really hard to argue against people's religious beliefs because, yeah, yeah. you know, they're not based on facts. <laughs> so how do you provide facts to change their mind? They're based on faith, right? That's the point of it yeah. being religion. Yeah. So they needed a way to tell these people to convince them not to do this thing anymore. And so the best way was to tell them that it was evil and it would have the opposite effect of getting them to heaven. It would, mm-hmm. in fact, send them to hell. It was the devil tempting them. So, yeah, I think yeah. that's totally where you get the link yeah. between Satanism and these rituals and these sacrifices and so forth, which actually has nothing to do with the Church of Satan. All religions have rituals, you know, yeah. mass going to the synagogue, Ramadan, et cetera, et cetera. They're all rituals, but there's no evidence that the Church of Satan espouses any harmful rituals. The members of the Church of Satan don't actually believe that Satan exists. This is the confusing bit. And so they don't worship Satan. So you can't call a member of the Church of Satan a Satan worshiper. But they use the representation of Satan as the kind of figurehead for personal liberty and individualism. So what he stands for. Theistic Satanists, as I mentioned before, they actually believe Satan is real. 
in my mind, they're like a branch of Christianity because they believe what's in the Bible. They just worship the other guy, you know? Yeah. So then I went into a little bit more of a dive into what the occult was because, like I said, it was getting super confusing trying to filter out when they meant Satanism, but they actually said witchcraft and vice versa. And, you know, so like I said, the occult basically is everything that normally supernatural things that fall outside of religion or science. And the word occult comes from the Latin word occultus, which means clandestine, hidden, secret, the knowledge of the hidden. So basically that not very many people understand it. This is why, you know, anything kind of hidden secret becomes a little bit shadowy and people get scared of it. And so it becomes controversial, shall we say. The other words often that you hear are esoteric and arcane. They kind of mean the same thing as occult. And you've got what is known as the occult sciences, astrology, alchemy, natural magic. And this is where I started having little think about Freemasons and the occult, because, you know, they quite often people think of the Freemasons as this shadowy group. I don't know much about the Freemasons, not being a Freemason. I know what people on the outside know. I actually worked very closely with a lot of different branches of the Freemasons when I worked in the charity sector, because a big thing about Freemasonry is giving charitable donations. So I will say they're very generous in that respect. But I think the reason why they get linked so much with the occult is because they've been around so long and there's a whole bunch of stuff that you just don't know about them if you're not a member. You know, they have their rituals and their practices that you only find out about as you join and as you move further up. I can't make a judgment on those rituals and practices because I don't know what they are. But I think that's why they got linked so closely together and why people started getting suspicious of the Freemasons. Also, anything that is hidden and not fully understood is looked at to be scary because the unknown is scary. And I think that a lot of the reasons as to why people freak out about things that are hidden is because they don't understand it. They make it up in their own mind and there you have it. But then also there's a lot of reasons as to why these practices religions beliefs were hidden so you've got a chicken and egg going on and with the freemasons as well i think people looked at all of the high-powered people over the years a lot of royalty a lot of people high up in the police and the army armed services who were freemasons and got a little bit nervous about the possibility of them having so much power and this belief that you know they help each other out and they'll bend the law for each other And no one likes feeling excluded, especially from a powerful group that can give each other legs up, right? But again, who knows how much of this is true? Yeah. Um, The Freemasons I met were fucking adorable. And like with every religion and every group, there's always bad people therein (laughs) um, that don't define the whole group. So another feature of occultists is that they are quite often not Christians. Like they distance themselves from Christianity, especially in earlier days was a big deal. Yes, is quite yes. openly say we're atheists now and come to no harm in most countries. I will say yeah. when I go home to Palestine, where everyone is of some religion, it's almost like it doesn't matter what religion you are, as long as you believe something. But if I tell people I'm an atheist, they look at me like I'm fucking from another planet. Like, how do you believe yes. in nothing? It's like, I do yeah. believe in things, just not in this magical unicorn in the sky. You know? Yeah. But on the whole, and in definitely in the Western world, you can say that you're an atheist and not worry about being burnt at the stake, for example, right? Which yeah. is a big movement from 
you know, where we were about even 100 years ago. Oh, totally. Yeah. Another thing about occultists, which I actually really like, is that they have a big focus on the spiritual realization of the individual, finding yourself, having some kind of self-actualization, which I think is a beautiful and wonderful thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it just goes to show that people through history haven't all wanted to follow the same path. They, yeah. you know, they've been more individual in what they've wanted to do. I mean, again, I can't get behind somebody that wants to harm others or any other living thing, but I can definitely get behind people who are individual and don't want to just run with the crowd and yeah. want to be different. So maybe it was a bit of that, really. And it's so strange, isn't it? This is going to have to be another topic in this season. What makes these individuals, these nonconformists, what determines whether they're viewed as good or bad. I yeah. think it just depends if they capture the imagination of the time. Depends what they're saying and who they're saying it to, I suppose. Depends who follows them and how many people follow them, maybe. That's it. I, I think there's strength in numbers. So there was an article that I came across by Wouter Hanegraaff called Occult forward slash Occultism. And just like we were saying, they kind of use the occult and all these terms like witchcraft, paganism, etc. The term has been used as an intellectual wastebasket into which a wide array of beliefs and practices have been placed because they do not readily fit into any of the categories of religion or science. So basically, anything that's not religion or science, we'll call it the occult. Yes, yes. I think because they just didn't know. They didn't yeah. know what to call it. It scared them, it freaked them out, swung it in with occultism. For a long time, even science was seen as, you know, a dark magic. You know, to a large degree, things like witchcraft, paganism, crystal healing, you know, the healing stuff that, that's been done through the ages has grown with the times and people have accepted it and embraced it and seen it for what it is rather mm -hmm. than being scared of it. As but, well as like a mass spiritual enlightenment during lockdown, I think a lot of people self-reflecting yeah. on their yeah. lives, you know, have I chosen this route? Did I just end up in this career? What do I really want? And that kind of avenue of self-reflection ties in really nicely with the spiritual world, doesn't it? Because a lot of the practices yeah. are self-discovery tools. You know, we, do, we read our birth signs and our astrology to understand ourselves more. We do the same with tarot and crystals and so forth. When we were in such a dire situation in the world, where else do you go with it? You go inside. You, you have to dig deep into your inner spiritual resources. And, and that's what people did. And all the people that would, we would normally look to for answers, leaders in society, politicians, yeah. the scientists, they all seem to be contradicting each other confusing yeah. us further so you did have to look inside to figure out your own truth in the situation what does this mean for me then what am I going to do about this yeah where how am uh, I going to go forward and what I believe is balance you know it's this light and dark yeah nature is light and dark you can't have light 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 all the way through this is where I can totally get on board with Satanism the Church of Satan version of Satanism, yeah. where we yeah, are yeah. being true to ourselves and honest about 
our human nature and our desire to gorge on cake and touch people in intimate areas when we fancy them and, you know, all of that stuff. That side, I can totally get on board. So I'm coming to an end on my section. I hope you enjoyed it. But I thought I wanted to finish up with, I did a bit of a Google search for famous Satanists. (laughs) So (laughs) the first thing that came up when I was doing these searches was that Christian Bale, you know, the actor. Yeah, yeah. When he accepted his Golden Globe recently, he thanked Satan. (laughs) I was like, wait, hang on a minute. Did he go up on the stage and go, hail Satan? Well, no, apparently um, he played Dick Cheney, you know, who's a proper asshole. Yeah, yeah. Uh And he was saying that Satan inspired him in his role as Dick Cheney. So basically that says far more about what he believes about Dick Cheney than what he believes about Satan. But Satanists around the world apparently fucking loved it and were shouting, Hail Satan, Hail Christian Bale. Oh, God. (laughs) So, yeah. If you're into your sort of darker side of music, then you'll be very familiar with Marilyn Manson and his ties to the Church of Satan. I'm reluctant to even talk about this prick because although I was a huge Mansonite as a teenager, um, there's a lot of things coming out about his treatment of women so I'm going to move on because that makes me uncomfortable Mm -hmm. (laughs) I stumbled across a really funny YouTube video on about uh, I think it was called Celebrity Satanist but it had this guy Nicholas Schreck who was a former priest of the Church of Satan but moved over to sort of tantric beliefs I don't know if they've edited him speaking but he he talks really creepy looks kind of weird they've spliced this video it's just a series of like scenes from the exorcist and rap music and Eminem in his bath full of blood basically it takes a little bit of digging but then you realize it's been made by some religious guy Uh, he's saying that using it as an example of how the world is descending into chaos and it's like you can't use films and music videos like we've always had scary literature and dark side in in the arts that doesn't mean that the society itself is going into chaos right oh it's you know it's an expression exactly entertainment and expression and therapy for the people doing it it's not a reflection of what society so it's just fucking bullshit but anyways it was it was thoroughly entertaining and it did (laughs) remind me of a bunch of films i wanted to rewatch. but again loads of confusion about Satanists and witchcraft and paganism and occult, like all of it was getting mixed up and, you know, used interchangeably. Sammy Davis Jr. was a warlock in the Church of Satan. Oh, was he? Wow. That one surprised me. I think because I just associate, even though I know it's a prejudice (laughs) and I love rock music and heavy metal, but I think of them as being members of the Church of Satan. Not, for example, Jane Mansfield, who was a high priestess of the church, and Liberace, who was one of the first members of the Church of Satan. Oh, now Liberace does, does surprise me. Yeah, well, I he does. But then when you think of it as like the Church of Satan being about self-indulgence and well, freedom then, of expression, yeah. then yeah. you're like, okay, I can see yeah. Liberace being on board with yeah. that. Yeah. Um, Mark Almond from Softcell was a member of the Church of Satan. Um, But the interesting thing, the thing that made me laugh when I was looking at all these celebrities from Marilyn Manson all the way to Liberace and Mark Almond, they were all friends of Anton LaVey. Ah, there you go. Yeah. So it was almost like he just got all of his mates 
to be members of his church, which is quite, it's quite weird. And I didn't do enough research into this side, but like, how did he get so in with this Hollywood crowd, right? Ooh. Like he seemed to know a lot of fucking famous people. I thought that was hilarious because it's like, right, I'm just going to round up all of my friends and make a church. <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, that's that's my my little deep dive into Satanism and the occult. I'm super excited, Michelle, because the next episode that's coming out is going to be you talking about spirits and ghosts. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, I know. Yeah, one of my um, favorite subjects. I have to say that I've been like laughing most of the time we're recording because Michelle has five cats. When you're on a Zoom call with her, as we are now doing this recording, there's always just cats in the background, just random cats. They change regularly. <laughs> so now I've got two, Hecate and... That's Hecate and Dora. Well, looking forward to seeing you next time, Michelle, for... I can't Spirits wait. And Ghost. All right. Thank, Thank you, you, everyone, for listening. This is We Knew the Moon, and we'll see you next time. Bye! If you want lots more fun, moon info, and all things spiritual, plus our merch shop, please visit our website, weknewthemoon.co.uk. And if you want even more, head over to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash weknewthemoon, and check out some of our bonus content. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at we.new.the.moon, and we're also on Twitter at weknewthemoon1. See you next time!